You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the team that this week help us accentuate the positive after they eliminated the negatives in Ayrshire. Lawrence Shankland, with the help of Will Dennis, latched onto the affirmative in front of goal and the festive Hearts fans helped spread the joy up to the maximum as a wham rendition brought down the gloom to the minimum. I'm not Bing Crosby, just Laurie Dunsire here, joined by Mr. In-Between himself, Mark Donaldson. You're overthinking this now. I prefer it when you just said, I'm Laurie Dunsire, he's a ball bag, here he is. And I just spouted some pish for <laughs> two minutes. This is, you've started so you'll finish, right? See what I did yep. there? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, helping us look on the bright side this week, someone who doesn't always spread the joy up to the maximum, but I think this year he may be giving us something special. Scott McIntosh. If the guys are we doing? We're very well, I think. I don't Feeling positive. This. What? Yeah, always positive. Manager of the month for Stephen Naismith. <laughs> there you go. There we go. There's a wee. And 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 the the the, the, the whole backroom squad. The only thing missing was Harry Harry. Claire Cowan was it lovely. To I was just going to say, Claire, you could just about make Claire out the background. Thoroughly deserved. But I, I wanted to be. I wanted to all be like celebrating, like, like just holding a bottle of vodka rather than the little award. Glenn's you could look vodka, at that really? picture in two ways, though, couldn't you? You could be really nice and say that was a lovely touch because you don't really see a lot of teams do that. It's normally just the immediate two or three assistants, maybe goalkeeper coach. Or you could be saying, just in case things go wrong again, this is this, uh, this is an even spread <laughs> of where the blame can go. Do, do you know, I, I would have liked it more if it was just Stephen Naismith and Frankie McAvoy and they kind of looked like they were like fighting over who was holding it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would have been a nice touch, you know, a bit of humour. Just, just the, the award in between them and both looking like they're trying to grab it. Uh, I, brothers to I, me, to you, sort I suggested to Luke Shanley, because I believe it was live on Sky earlier today, and Luke was on the panel. I know that because we've been discussing it, um, both prior to the vote and subsequent to the vote. Um, one of the responses that I, that I went to the tweet I put out about Stephen Naismith and how it would go down among the Hearts supporters was from Irvin Welsh. And I suggested to Luke, who's a big hippie himself, why, why don't you get Irvin Welsh 
to because he he said go on what was it go on Stevie or go on Nazy or something. That would have been interesting if they could uh, get Irvin Welsh to present the manager of the month to Stephen Naismith. But I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but you know what that means? Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a curse attached to that for everybody, is there not? Uh, there tends to be. That's mm-hmm. how the. That's what yeah. the um, the urban. That's yeah, Robbie got his in January, is. didn't he? He's yeah. in Tampa now. Yeah. Did we not play Rangers immediately after that? Yeah. At Tinkas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh no, we're not going to see Garan Cool and Barry McKay and Robert Snodgrass as a midfield three though this time, so we're okay. So we're, there's there's still hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> finishing off our lineup for today, our very own crooner. We know he gave Cami Devlin his heart many years ago. They sang together on this very podcast. It's Ryan McGowan. I was really interested to see where you're going there when you started with everybody else, but I'm happy to be here. And thank you for that intro. I was going to say, now someone messaged me at the weekend, Jambo Ryan, and, and asked, is Ryan going to claim an assist at the weekend? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can. I didn't even touch the ball. Did you not? I thought I was going to score. I thought I was going to header it in, and then I was just, just trying to create a little bit of chaos there. But um, yeah, reasonably good performance at the weekend, but... Still disappointed to to lose to a pretty good Celtic team. Well, second half they were pretty good. Did you hear Brendan Rodgers? <clears throat> yeah, we could hear him at half time actually when yeah, we yeah. when he went in. So it was a, they didn't particularly play well, but I thought we played really well, especially in that first half. Um, as much as Celtic maybe weren't as sharp as they they usually were, I thought that that for us we were we were pretty compact. We were good when we got him into the areas that we wanted to in terms of getting pressure on the ball and and winning it back and then I thought that we kept the ball pretty well when we did win it back which is pretty important and something that we we didn't do in the second half but yeah I think we he says he's, he says he's never been as angry at half time as a manager never been as angry and then at full time I caught you just Brendan hi hi Brendan and you got to shake his hand because at first I thought he'd custard pied you <laughs> I can't even things that people notice. I, I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure he said, "Thanks for giving the ball away at Anfield back in 2012." <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Before you bring it up, Laurie, I wasn't actually going for a change. That's one of was... the fucking questions. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, we are going to get to Mark Donaldson's quiz this week. Yes. It's so important that it's actually going to be our first main yeah. feature. We've got Ryan on especially. We, we will talk about um, Kamarnik against Hearts, of course. We're going to get to that later on, but we'll keep that to myself, Mark, and Scott. Um, but we've got Ryan here, so we are going to get to the quiz very shortly. Um, we, we got another email this week. Connor Cranston sent us one just uh, before the weekend's games. Um, one of our top fans via Spotify Wrapped, um, which I know we've got a few of those messages coming in you know and just now when everyone who uses spotify gets their their roundup of what they've listened to most so thank you to all those who um have listened to thousands of minutes of us and put up with all that but um in terms of connor's email and also jack waddle a few weeks back as i mentioned this week we're trying to accentuate the positives a bit so that i'm going to avoid going into certain messages we've had or maybe look at it some more constructive criticism possibly I'll, I'll say we'll maybe save that we we possibly will have to touch on that side of things in the near future again but you know four wins in a row managers got manager of the month we want to kind of focus on the 
on the bright side of things, grass being greener and all that kind of stuff. So it will be a quite a positive episode. Maybe quiz aside, I don't know what Mark's got in store for us in that side of things. This is when I need Grant's stock to go, Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if it, is there any other housekeeping to get to before we crack on anything else that's happened? Don't think so. Anyone got any news? No. How was your movie last week? <laughs> that that sounds really dodgy when you just put it out there like that. No, not at all. Nothing. Not at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he who doth protest too much. Uh, we were hoping to do the quiz last week. That was the plan. But no, you went. You had. You'd already said to your uh, better half you were going to watch a movie. So that's why it's this week. I'm just asking. What did you end up watching? It was rubbish. It was just some some crap horror film. Oh, okay. It wasn't. Part- it was just. It was the. It was the gesture. It was the gesture. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't like not watching a film all the way through, even, even when if it's I shite. don't like it. Yeah, really? I kind of feel like you're committed to. You need to at least see some. So like watching hearts when they're shite. You know, it's like when someone says something was bad but then doesn't watch 90% of it. And it's like, well, kind of... On the whole, they're the odd, one, they're the odd thing that you, you have to just give up early on. But it's like going to a football game. Even if you can tell it's going to be crap, you kind of have to stay for most of it. Yeah, but you've paid to be there and it's kind of an effort to get to the stadium. You're in your front room. You can switch the telly off. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is, this is, we're not going down this tangent. You don't want us to pry, do you? No, I don't. No pry. <laughs> no, right. We'll crack on. Um, we'll Moving on. Quiz and we'll, and we'll, we'll get on with whatever else happens in the podcast. Thanks very much. Let's go. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. And at this point, um, I am handing the reins over to Mr. Donaldson because he's the quiz master and he can explain what's going to happen and the rules and all that. So um, take it away, Mark. First of all, no dissent. My decision is final. It's kind of going to be a bit like Mastermind. So this is when Laurie puts in music like this. that was because he puts it in post-production so here's the deal Brilliant each, magic. Oh, no. each Laurie, Scott and Ryan will have five questions on their specialised subject they will not be passed over, I know we've maybe spoken about that that just complicates it and they have five each on general knowledge so there's ten points available so the marking will be out of ten the person who scores the lowest in the specialised subject will begin the general knowledge round. The person that does the best will be last. Okay. Any questions before we get started? Does the general knowledge questions get harder as they go down? No. 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 But I've kept it so that I want people listening to this to have a decent chance of getting it as well. Well, I would say all the 10 questions for you, Ryan, uh, we'll get to your specialised subject in a second, and then the general knowledge. You played in every single game that there's a question about. So you can't <sighs> say, oh, I didn't play in that, or, or whatever. You were on the pitch. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So first of all, let's go through the three contestants. Um, what's your name? Where do you come from? And what's your specialised subject? First of all, the host, Laurie Dunsar. What's your name? 
First of all, Laurie Dunsire, what's your yes. name? Yes. Yes. Laurie Dunsire. <laughs> it's a good start. Yes. Where uh, are you from? I feel like I'm at Alcoholics Anonymous. Not that I've ever been to that. It's, um, hi, I'm Laurie. Um, hi. I'm from Musselburgh. My okay. specialised subject is apparently Scottish Cup. And I believe okay. you said it's... It is, isn't it? Is that what we agreed on? Yeah, yeah, Scottish Cup. Yeah. Um, and you said it's between 2005 and... That's the questions days. I've got. Yeah, yeah, 2005 and 2019. So that, thank okay. you, Laurie. Thank you for joining us. Um, next, who's not the Aussie, and he can introduce himself. Hello, sir. What's your name and where do you come from and what's your specialised subject? My name's Scott. I'm from Clermiston and the specialised subject is Hearts in the 90s. Okay, and next, our favourite, what's your name, where do you come from, and what's your specialised subject? Ryan McGowan, come from the land down under, and my specialised subject is Edinburgh Derbies. Okay, before we get started, we do have a fourth contestant today. Her name is Liz McColgan. I asked her when she sat down in, in the chair, comfy, and she said, Carnoustie! There you go. You can have that for free. Okay. Wow. It's going to get better. Trust me. Laurie oh. Dunsar, first of five questions for you oh. on your specialised subject. Heart of Melodian so nervous. in the Scottish Cup. You didn't like it when you when you went first a couple of weeks ago. What were we doing no. that time? We were... Um, who am guess I? Who? Guess who? who? Okay. Right. Question one. riding on this. There's a lot riding on this. No... Involvement, please, from Scott or Ryan, apart from sledging, right? You're not allowed to get involved in the questions, but you can sledge. Question one. Hearts beat Auchinleck Talbot 1-0 in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup in 2011-2012 season. Yep. However, prior to that game, who was the last team that Hearts beat in the competition? Uh, they beat in the Scottish Cup. Yes. Hibs. Very good. Easter Road, January 2009. Ding! Or oh, you can put better sound effects. I'll leave that for you. So, oh, that too much work. is correct. What? You want to make this special. If you win it, <laughs> it's getting nothing if you don't. So, one for one. In that game at Easter Road, question two, in January 2009, who were the two Hearts goal scorers? <laughs> I know that one. Um, big Christian Nade, and then Gary Glenn played in by Christos Karapidis to round the goalkeeper and hey, slide it into son, the open net. Son, if I wanted a story, I'd ask for a story. I asked for two goal scorers, right? Don't need what they had Sorry. for breakfast. Showboating, I know, and then I'm going to get the next one wrong. Two out of two. I think you'll get this one right. Question three. Hearts drew one all at Partick Thistle in the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup in March 2019. Mm -hmm. What day of the week was the game played? Monday. Three out of three. Wow. Question four. Name the four teams that Hearts beat in the 2005-2006 Scottish Cup prior to them facing Gretna in the final. I need all four for one point. Gamarnock, Aberdeen, um, Park Thistle, Hibs. Four out of four. Very good. And finally, for your specialised subject round, Heart of Midlothian in the Scottish Cup. Question five. 
Who was the referee who sent off Paul Hartley in the 2006 Scottish Cup final? <laughs> okay, you got a 10 second timer. I can't even think of an referee. One. I can't even think of an referee. The answer? Nope. Anybody? Doogie McDonald. Very good. Who is it? Four out of five. Doogie McDonald. Well known hippie. Doogie McDonald. We won one game in 17 that he refereed. Oof. Perhaps. That's good knowledge. I, I, I honestly couldn't even think of an referee. <laughs> couldn't even think of anyone right. from that period. So before you get up from the comfy chair, you've got to be happy with four out of five, Laurie, yes? Would you have taken that before you sat down? I would have. I mean, I think okay. um, I think the other ones are all ones I would probably expect to get. I think what was the first one was a bit of a punt, um, but the other three I was pretty much 100% on. So, good. yeah. I'm not disappointed that I couldn't think of the referee for that. I mean, that's just, yeah. yeah. I can think of recent referees or, yeah, but anyway. You're in a good position. Okay, thank you, Laurie. Go back to your seat now. Scott McIntosh, welcome for your specialised subject. You have chosen Heart of Midlothian in the 1990s. Are you ready? Yep. Question one. Glyn Snodden scored the winner against Slavia Prague at Tynecastle in September 1992. But which player opened the scoring for Hearts that night? Gary Mackay. Which part of the brain did you find that from? Very good. Well, Mackay, Levine and Baird all scored the first half, but I'll try to remember who scored the first. I couldn't Because I'm thinking Mackay. most of these questions, you'll have uploaded the videos of the footage to Scarves Around the Funnel and your YouTube account. So that's a good start. One for one. Question two. How many European ties was Sandy Clark in charge of Hearts in the nineties? Ooh, that's a that's a trick one because there's so he had the two games in the ninety three ninety four against Atletico Madrid, but I'm sure he took charge of one of the games as an interim boss before Joe Jordan came in. I'm going to say three. Outstanding. Three. He was caretaker boss in Dnipro, in Dnipropetrovsk. Joe Jordan was in charge for the second. Like, this is, so this is I, I, I preferred when I was only up against Ryan McGowan. And, and also did I. This is unfair. We this is good knowledge. This, this is, like I'm yeah. walking, walking. I try to even make these questions harder. And I was like, no, he's, he's too good. Two for two. Question three, Scott. How many of the three goals were scored in the last 10 minutes when Hearts beat Aberdeen 2-1 in the Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden in April 96. All three. Three out of three. Come on, good. even I would have got that one. Don't you start. <laughs> Just, that's rubbish sledging as well. Okay. Name all four Hearts goal scorers in either normal or extra time when Hearts lost to Dundee on penalties in the League Cup quarter final in September 1995. Dave and McPherson. All four for one point, correct. So Dave McPherson, John Calhoun, Alan Lawrence, and John Robertson. Didn't even think about it, did he? How? How's it even come flinch. as quick as that? Say it's the right order and everything. How? 
I think this might get you. I've tried to put your fifth question. Each of you is a bit of a toughie. Ah, I noticed. Question five for Scott and his specialised subject. Tommy Harrison scored one competitive goal for Hearts, but against who? St. Johnston. Ah, you look at him. Next time you're the quiz master, Scott, because I've never <laughs> been up against you. Five out of five. Well played. Battle for the runners-up yeah. spot, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy with fourth right now. Scott, thank you. Uh, go back to your seat. Next in the chair, Ryan McGowan. Ryan, are you Let's ready? Go, fella. Let's go. Okay. Your specialised subject is Ryan McGowan on Ryan McGowan and Edinburgh Derbies. Okay. Yep. Question one. You, Ryan McGowan, scored Hart's fourth goal in the 2012 Scottish Cup final against Hibernian. But what minute was the goal scored? 51. I have 50th minute. Now, without wanting to give you a big custard pie, uh, can we get clarification? Like, Scott? Let's get it up. Let's get it up. Hearts one. It, it definitely shows I'm just... There's, there's, no, there's no way you scored in the 51st minute of a 5-1. That would just I'm, be too much. I'm pretty sure it comes up on the scoreboard as 51. It says 50 when you look at the I've actual 50th, score. I'm just getting up. Oh, this, this, these highlights are useless. Nice. I thought it was 49-something, which is the 50th minute. I don't think let's, the clock had reached 50 when you let's scored. Let's have a look. Right, I've got it here. Okay, here we go. Oh, no, he's oh. celebrating. It's not even... Uh, it's 40. Oh, actually, it looks like it should be 49. Well, he didn't score in the... It, there wasn't 48 on the clock. There was 49 on the clock, wasn't there? Which is no, the it looks like minute. It looks like it looks like it should actually be the 49th minute. Like So Granger plays it in, Scatchel across, McGowan header in... 48.56. It's actually the 49th minute. Wow, okay. So, Ron, what does it come up? It comes up 50 when you look at the actual Yeah, things, most, but, most websites yeah. have 50. But, but 50, 51's wrong. Like, you're already celebrating and it's still 48-something. So By the time I finished was 52, I think. <laughs> Very was, good. It was like the next <laughs> week by the time you'd finished. Okay, all for one. Question two. Who scored the only goal of the game in the last competitive Edinburgh derby you played in? David Witherspoon. No. I don't don't go against yourself. That's correct. I have to take your first answer, and that is correct. Wait, potentially, wait, Scott. Was, potentially, was, Scott. It was an own goal. I was going to say, did that not go down as an own goal for... No, Witherspoon didn't get it because I think the shot itself was... It was on target. On target. Mm. Albeit when they're troubled the keeper, but it was technically on target. Yeah. So no, I think I've got either would have worked. Either I've seen it given an independent way. adjudicator, an independent panel. Doesn't yeah. matter. Either would have worked. I'm the quiz master. That's going to be AR. Yep, <laughs> and Ryan gets the point. Well done. <laughs> Question three. Ryan McGowan, you, Ryan McGowan, scored your first competitive goal for Hearts in a 3-1 win over Hibernian at Easter Road in January 2012. But who was the Hibs goalkeeper who conceded that goal? Stack. Very good. Two for three. Oh. <laughs> was, he was, was, was he not a bit of a ball bag? Do I remember that rightly? He was an ex-Arsenal boy, wasn't he? Aye, but was he not... Mm. Was he not a... I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the... I have a feeling there was... Yeah, like, the fans sort of... The fans did chant something at him, but I don't know if there was actually anything substantial. Like, I don't know if there was any truth in it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I Is to, it a scurrilous allegation? Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> our lawyer, we don't have lawyers, we can't afford them. Yeah. Well, so, um, what, what, so, 
We'll gloss over that for now. Just continue. Yes, clearly. Then I didn't say anything. Question four. You, Ryan McGowan, made your fourth competitive appearance for Hearts in April 2011 against Hibs at Easter Road. You came on as a sub for your Edinburgh Derby debut. Who did you replace? Uh, Temps. Wrong. Anybody? Scott? Lauren? Try to think, because that was the when game was it against Zalgo. Sorry? I was April 2011. Zalgo sent off early on in that game, eh? so it would have been down to 10. And I'm, so I when Ryan McGowan came up, on? I'm going to see you in black. Did, did I just hear the right answer? You're not getting the point. Yeah. Guys, what did you say there? Andrew Driver, because I came on yep. at left mid. Yep, it was Andrew Driver. First answer, though. Um, oh, okay. For fuck's sake. Two for four. Still hope, because still general knowledge. Question five. The previous time Hearts played Hibs prior to the 2012 Scottish Cup final was in the March of that year. Did you start that 2 0 win over Hibernian at Tyne Castle, or did you come off the bench? Really got to get came this. off the bench. Correct. That's all I needed. Do you know who you came on the uh, off the bench for? Mm, no. Anybody? Big B? No. No. Scotty? No. Can't think who it would be. Granger. Black. Black. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so three, four, and five. Okay, all Oof. to play for. In the general well, knowledge run. All to play for about whether it'll be me or Ryan who finishes second. <laughs> finishes second, yeah. <laughs> Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Okay, so Ryan, to begin with, with three out of five. Your general knowledge round starts now. Ryan McGowan, your last competitive appearance for Hearts was against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park on Boxing Day 2012, including yourself, how many different nationalities were in the Hearts starting lineup that day? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, five. <laughs> Correct. Did he get that Australian. right? He got it right. Australian, oh, Scottish, English, on. Lithuanian, and Moroccan. Good show. Standing, guys. That's that is that that's is ridiculous. Amazing. That's fantastic. Well done, lad. Tell you what. Back in you it. Might right back this. in the fun. Right back in the game. Come on. Back in the game. Question two. That's Dennis like the taking a hey, thirty-five-yard attempt me. to go on it. Excuse me. Excuse Taking me. A you can sledge up over the during, You can sledge during, but not when questions are being asked. Yellow card, done, sire. Any ah. more, and you get a point taken off. Question two for Ryan McGowan. Dennis Prichinenko made his competitive debut for Hearts in a league game that you scored the opening goal in. Who were the opposition? Aberdeen. Oh, he scored three times. 
doesn't matter. Don't sledge it's now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. more than you. Right back in it. Come on. Back in the game. He only scored in two him. league games. Be fair, he probably deserves that question after the first one. <laughs> he got the first one right. It's outstanding. Question three. He's flying. You, Ryan McGowan, played six times for Hearts in the 2011-2012 Scottish Cup, culminating in the victory over Hibernian, where you scored. But three players made seven appearances for Hearts that season. You only played six. And need all three for a point. Jesus. Basically, all the ever-presents, there were three of them. And the entire cup run in 2012. McDonald. Yep. All three for a point. Uh, I want to say driver. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Oh no! Isn't oh, it? Oh. No. See, I was going to oh, say that. I think I thought he had the three, and that was one of them. I take it he must have missed because he definitely played against Auchinleck, didn't he? So he must have yeah. missed another I game. He played against Celtic. I mean, you might be right. So anybody? Uh, uh, is it Webster and Scatchel? Yeah, good. I was going to say. Oh, I didn't think Webby played against Auchinleck. That's he was captain, think. I think, wasn't he? I just remember him raising his arm for that. Was he offside? captain? No? That was an offside goal. Um, <laughs> oh, for them. First one wrong, but still pretty good so far. We're at five out of eight. So who, sorry, who was the three? Jamie McDonald, Webby. Andy Webster, Rudy Scatchel. Thought you got. Rudy. I was. I was going to say McDonald, Driver, and Webster because I remembered. Uh, I remember McDonald and Webster both playing against Auckland. Like I actually totally forgot we played. Rudy probably really couldn't be arsed with that game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question four. Good question, this one. Which opposition player was shown a second yellow card for fouling you, Ryan McGowan, in April 2011 and was subsequently sent off? April. April 2011. Yep. He got a second yellow card for fouling you and was shown red. Uh... Jim Goodwin? Nope. Any takers? Not for a point, just for a bit of shit and giggles? God probably knows. I, I actually don't. Sorry? played that one 2011. 2011, what did we beat? Aberdeen around then at Tynecastle. Did we draw with Motherwell at Tiny that time? Was it free or would we Motherwell that month? Mm, the answer is... The answer is Ross Tokley in a one-all draw at Inverness. Ah. Uh, I would have never got that. No, I would remember not have got that. Uh, no, I don't remember yeah. Okay, last question. <laughs> well, he fouled you, so... <laughs> question five. Last of the general knowledge ones. What was the name of the Portuguese midfielder who was also in the starting lineup the day you made your debut in a friendly at Kloppenberg in July 2007? Oh. That's a good question. We've talked about him before, haven't we? Costa? Uh, no. He wasn't a midfielder, he was a fullback. Anybody? Is it Bio or Bio? Or... Very good, very good. Very good. It was right. Oh, I remember us talking about him. Rui Bio. Yeah. You don't remember him. I remember him. Okay. Okay. Um, started that well. Was it was started well, but then, um, yeah, a bit floppy. Where did I finish on? Six. Five out of ten. Five <sighs> out of ten. You got the first two right and then the last three wrong. So it's okay. You've still got a. You've you've got, got a chance. chance. Yeah, you've got you've got a chance. Of what, you've got a chance to tell. You you can win if 
you could draw um, if <laughs> Scott gets every single Everyone. question wrong. Yeah, that's not happening. Got... I just want to beat Laurie. That's what I want to do. Okay. I'm, okay. To... Well, I'm not even going to tempt fate. I just need to try okay. and get one right to, okay. to draw. Okay. Laurie Dunsar, sitting comfortably, then we shall begin. Question one of your general knowledge. Before leaving Hearts to join Gillingham in 2004, Gary Wales went on loan to which English club? Walsall. Oh, that's his best mate. <laughs> oh, correct. Question two. Should get this. Hearts only lost three games on their way to winning the Scottish Championship in 2014-15. Who were the three teams who beat Hearts in the league that season? Falkirk Rangers, Hibs. Correct. Question oh, three. Easy. Which, which Hearts player... Won his sixty-third cap for his country in March twenty seventeen. Sixty-third in March. Easy. March twenty seventeen. Sixty-third. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm giving. I'm giving a mind blank. That's easy. Twenty seventeen. Who the fuck played for us in twenty seventeen? Oh Is my it, god! Stop the clock. No, nope. I've had a total mind blank. That's so easy. It's starting now. Ten. Nine, oh my god, eight, what's going on? Seven, who played for us in 2017? Five, four, three, no! four two, shut one. up, you. I can't remember. Uh, okay, any work. takers? Oh, was a no player at the time? Yes, which Hearts player won his 63rd cap for his country in March 2017? Go on, Ryan, how's it? You just said it's so easy. Uh, I was just trying to wind him up to put him off. I've no oh, idea. You don't know, <laughs> Scotty, what'd you say? I was going to say you better. Ryan said Lafferty. Better never won 63 caps for Scotland. Ryan Lafferty. said Lafferty. Nope. Oh. I guess. Did you the answer? The German just... boy. Nope. No. The, the German, German boy. Player. I think we've got... He's not German. Not I think German. we've got the a German, German player who's good 63 for the first, like, five German caps. Time for hearts. Sonny, you're the wrong team. Right. Just tell us. I, I'm told. The midfielder. Okay. Yep, Ale- Alexandros Cholis. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. Excuse me. Scottish <laughs> player for some reason. Sixty-third <laughs> cap. There's not many that are. Uh, that's a good okay. question. Good question. Okay, two right, one wrong. Question four: Three players made their competitive debuts for Hearts against St Johnston at Tynecastle in August two thousand and ten. I need two of them for one point. August 2010. Um, oh, St. Johnston, Tynecastle. St. Johnston, Tynecastle. Who the hell did we just signed? Um, competitive debut. 2019. Who signed? Christ. Jeffries wasn't. Oh, my God. I thought um, I was being generous asking for only two. Uh, I know. This is terrible. I'm, I'm just it's trying to again. Kevin Kyle? <laughs> Kevin Kyle? Yep. That's one. One more. Come on. Pressure Laurie. here, sir. Come on. Come on, Laurie. God. Come August on. 2010. Um, Competitive debut. Hart St. Johnston, Tynecastle. Kevin did, Kyle. Um, Stephen Elliott? Don't ask. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Oh. Magnificent. Anybody else on the on the third one? Doesn't not require. Well, that was but... hard enough for me to get two. Anybody? Anybody? Three, two, one. Darren Moore. 
Well done, lad. Correct. Two out of three. Okay, and you should get this one, but it is going back a bit. In January 2000, Hearts Mm. trailed which team 2-0 in the Scottish Cup before going on to win 3-2? Stennis Muir? Yes, good lad. 8 out of 10. Gannick Swigan score, Colin Cameron. Impressive. That's very good. Very good, Laurie. Right on, buddy. Okay. Um, Thanks, Ryan. Ryan, who who do you want to win here? Uh, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Dick. No pressure, but make sure you win. I'd be surprised. Scott (laughs) Scott only needs... Scott only needs... Three. What? Three to win? No, he needs four. Four to win? Four out of five to win. Okay. Okay. I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't, I'll be honest. Question one, general knowledge for Scott McIntosh. Hearts had two players sent off in the Scottish Cup quarter final at Celtic in March 1989. Who were they? Alan McLaren and Tosh McKinley. Correct. Oh, fucking hell. Correct. Who was given a retrospective red? Who year. was given a retrospective red after an SFA probe in that game? That's, that's not a question. I'm just wondering if you know. Uh, was it Alec McDonald? <laughs> No, it was Robbo. Was it Robbo, was it? Yeah, I think David Syme was the ref. Never liked him. This is one of my favourite questions. Minus a point for getting that one wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? A Frenchman replaced a Scotsman to make his debut for Hearts against Partick Thistle at Fur Hill in February 2017. For one point, name both the Frenchman and the Scotsman. Arctic Fistle 2017. Yes, February 2017. Dylan Beakey would have been the Frenchman. Wow. The Scotsman. Need it for a point. Need it for a point. Forwards at that time. Was it Rory Curry? Oh, Oh, come (laughs) on. How? What? That's ridiculous. That's... Rory Curry wouldn't have got that. That's so oh. good. Dylan oh. Beakey coming on for Rory Curry. Scott, oh, you're Beakey only played twice for us, so I remember the two games. Eh? It was Partick and Ross County, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. everybody does. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I don't think guys I remember that. Guys are getting a glimpse into what my life is like. What my family's life is like. That's incredible. This is unfair. This is like um, this is like everyone having to play in the same league as Celtic and Rangers. It's like it's no right, supposed... right. <laughs> Laurie, you work in in kind of in medicine and all that. Can we do a drugs test here? Because <laughs> doping. Wow. Right, and now it, from that it goes to a nice easy one. Which player scored a hat trick for Hearts against Arbroath in December 2020? Stephen Naismith. I was going to say, jeez. Okay, three for three. You need. One of the next two. One. Name the four former Hearts players who started for Airdrie when they beat the Jam Tarts in the 1995 Scottish Cup semi at Hamden. You must get all four for one point. Jimmy Sanderson, Kenny Black, Sandy Stewart, and, oh, Christ, David Kirkwood. Nah. Wrong. Oh, wrong. 
Wrong. You got this. You got Sandy Stewart, who played once for Hearts in the 1988 Easter Scotland Shield, and you didn't get Alan Lawrence. Alan Lawrence. Ah, oh. get what it was. I was thinking about guys who had went for Hearts to Airdrie rather than the other you were way. Thinking about you were thinking about the victory too early. Too <laughs> the ball. Wow. So you need this. Fucking hell, Scotty. <laughs> he's building the drama. This is good, Scotty. He knows how to play the game. Just he's building the drama. With me. He is, and then he just drops the hammer. Question five. Name the teams that Hearts beat en route to winning the Scottish Cup in 1998 in the correct order, starting with round three. Clyde Bank, Albion Rovers, Air United, Falkirk. Ten, nine, eight, and Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I thought he was leading up to the fight. I'm sorry, no, no, was it well, paying a What's the suspense for you? I was, yeah, I was thinking, he fuck, he's got it wrong. He didn't mention who we beat. Name the team's <laughs> hearts beat en route to winning the Scottish Cup. Well, you should just, oh. you should have just said wrong. No, he wasn't. He was correct. No, but he didn't say. He was them correct. Up, no, I, I didn't see anything. No, he I did. said name the teams. I didn't say name the five teams. I didn't say name the four teams. I said name the teams. That's why the clock right. started. Right. Well so, done, Scotty. Well done, mate. So, Go was, on. so was Scott's question? Was Scott's answer not finished after he finished giving the answer? Which does he didn't say Rangers. that's it. He didn't say Rangers. No, after Falkirk, I had to put him on the clock because there was a, too much of a pause. Mm. But well done, lad. Mm. And well done. Well done, you're Scotty. Not well deserved. You're not well done. Say, Done, sir. You're not taking this away from Scott. Anyone that can get Dylan Beaky <laughs> and Rory Curry deserves to win the, the <laughs> quiz for that. There you go. Well done. So nine out of ten. Uh, what were you? You were four and five. Yeah, nine out of ten. That's pretty good, son. Laurie, eight out of ten. Well done, lad. Ryan, thanks for playing. Thanks, mate. If not first, you're last. Well done. Doesn't matter. Took part. Did well. Started the general knowledge very well. There you go. My thanks to Ryan McGowan for coming on. To my Laurie questions were hardest. And to Scott McIntosh. Yeah. Now you can now you can decide who got the harder questions. I thought Laurie got the easiest questions, to be honest. Oh, yeah, come I on. I would have got most of Laurie's right. Scott didn't even get one of mine right. So that's <laughs> definitely <laughs> so that was definitely That's this week's that, Mark. You're welcome, Ryan. Thank you for coming. Yeah, on. good job, it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's unfair. Scott, you're on the next quiz, mate. You're too good. Yeah, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll do the next one. Uh, and the one after that, and the one after that. Play the jingle, <laughs> Dunsar, play the jingle. Okay, moving on, we are going to talk about Kilmarnock against Hearts that took place at the weekend. Hearts going into this game, having won three league matches in a row for the first time since January 2022. And with only one defeat in their last eight domestic games against non-old firm sides. So what a decent run of form against the Kelly side who were also unbeaten in five home matches in the league and had kept a clean sheet in the last two games at Rugby Park. It was a cold December afternoon in Ayrshire. Not ideal conditions on a tricky surface as well. And for this one, Stephen A. Smith made two changes from the team that defeated St. Johnston last time out. Forrest and Lowry 
Out of the team, in came Yutaro Oda and Callum Neuenhoff. So that similar 3-5-2 shape, Clark and goals, Kingsley Kent and rolls, Oda right, Cochrane left, Neuenhoff, Benny Beningame, George Grant in the central area, with Liam Boyce supporting Captain Lawrence Shankland up against the Kilmarnock side with a very similar shape as well. Um, tough side for Hearts to face. They'd only won two of the last 10 meetings with Killy and only one of those was in the league. That was actually last December at Tynecastle, but aiming to get a fourth consecutive Premiership win for the first time since September 2018. Now, we're not going to do a deep dive into this minute by minute. It was not a memorable game, <laughs> safe to say. But that's not what matters here. It's all about the result. And it was a very solid and controlled display. And Scott, I'll start with you on this one. Obviously, the, the only goal of the game comes in the 18th minute. Lawrence Shankland supplying the um, almost assist. He won't get one for it because it's an own goal and it ends up being a Will Dennis own goal from the, the goalkeeper. It was Kai Roll stepping out that played him in via a Liam Boyce flick. The goal probably summed up the quality of the game from a spectacle point of view, very untidy but what we've seen in this run of victories for Hearts is maybe something that we didn't expect from Stephen Naismith initially when he came in but we've become a really solid unit, haven't we? And I think if we're going to accentuate the positives as I, as I said about this week and about this game and there was a lot to like about how Hearts set up in this game and how they, I guess were organised and managed to keep another clean sheet. I think that's been the big thing. Four wins in a row and three of them by one goal to nil. Yeah, and I, and I think one of the constants throughout our performances so far this season, even when we had that that slightly sort of shaky start to the the start of the season over August and September, was was our our game plans out of possession. And I think against Saturday highlighted that that's been probably one of the strongest aspects of the side under under Naismith since the summer. I felt that what we done what we done really well was we kind of allowed Kilmarnock time on the ball in areas that we were quite comfortable with. So we were given Armstrong time on the right hand side. But we knew that we certainly knew that we were overloading enough bodies in the box to be able to deal with those crossball situations. So we never really looked overly troubled, even although on the surface you might look at the stats and say, well, Kilmarnock had X amount of shots and maybe X amount of possession in our half. I do think that what we'd done on Saturday was similar to what some sides have done to ourselves over the last 12 months. And that's kind of make sure that you were, first of all, hard to beat. And then certainly when you had the opportunity to break through the lines, we'd done that. Albeit we got a little bit of luck with the... Uh, with the Will Dennis own goal, but I think we deserved it with the way that we we set ourselves up over the ninety. It was never going to be a a game for the purists because it's it, it's just not a, a pitch conducive to to good football. Uh, so it, it hinders both teams. Hearts went in there knowing that, and I think they they coped with the conditions well. Mark Hearts almost stumbled into this kind of back three combination, obviously we'd already lost Nathaniel Atkinson um, but when Odell Afaya couldn't continue against Rangers and we had to reshuffle and then the next game, I think against Livingston, we, we rejigged the order of the back three, we ended up with Stephen Kingsley on the right of it with Kai Rolls on the left and Frankie Kent in the centre you know, initially it looks a, almost a little bit disjointed um, with obviously another lefty on the right in terms of Kingsley but 
it's become a, a real solid unit, hasn't the three of those players? I think Frankie Kent has been pretty dominant all season, but both Kingsley and I think Kai Rose especially, given you know how tough he'd had it for certain periods and certain games at Hearts, I think he's really come onto a game, hasn't he? Definitely. thought he was excellent. I thought Frankie Kent was just a rock at the heart of that defence. And, and yeah, they've got an understanding now. Kingsley on the right-hand side. It was interesting, his comments prior to that game against Kilmarnock or a, a previous game, and he was saying how he's he's enjoying um, playing on that side um, because he, he knows he's probably not going to get in ahead of Alex Cochran in that position. So you want to do your best and you want to make sure that you are still in the team when someone like Craig Halkett comes back. That might be difficult because Scott explained last week how the likelihood is that when Halkett is a regular starter again, it'll be Rolls on the left, Halkett in the middle and Frankie Kent on the right-hand side. But I think it's a back three right now that is starting to be a bit braver as well. Um, Kai Rolls in possession was involved, I think, for the opening goal. Uh, he was in possession yeah. prior to that and, and could have Involved gone in the opener at Rugby yeah. Park last time he in the League Cup as yeah. well. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, Scotty and you and, and and even Ryan have kind of spoken about him probably preferring to play in a back three. Um, and yeah, I, there's there's absolutely no complaints right now. The, the one thing which I'm not sure we'll see repeated, unless it's a a home game where we're we're going to have a lot of possession. Listening to the Heart Standard podcast this morning, I thought it was excellent with with uh, Joel and and James. They were suggesting that was the first time. Um, in a non-old firm game for a while, that we've we've had less possession than the opposition, and Oda at the right wing back, yeah, it it might have certain games that'll work, but um, I was actually I thought it worked better um, once he moved um, into a, a kind of more central, freer role um, when Boyce went off and and Civic came on, um, but of course by that stage we were already one up. I thought it just it just worked. For us, I don't know if we'll see Oda at right wing back anytime soon again away from home. Certainly not against Rangers this midweek. Yeah, we'll talk about the Rangers game in a little bit, but on what Mark just said there, um, Scott, we obviously had to make a change 30 minutes in. Liam Boyce, unfortunately, had to be withdrawn. A few maybe eyebrows raised, certainly from us initially, when it was Toby Civic came on because we expected maybe we would just try and keep everyone else in the same position, maybe put another attacker on, maybe a Lowry going into a 10 behind Shankland, maybe put on even Kioski Tagawa. But when Civic came on, we moved Oda Central. And I think, you know, we're talking about the positives in terms of players who haven't always had a great time of it this season. I thought Toby Civic did really well when he came on on that right-hand side. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. I, I... I kind of feel like the, the three players that I really want to highlight for, uh, for Saturday, although it was very much a team effort, would be three of the substitutes. You know, Toby, I think Gary Devlin and, and also uh, Tagawa as well. I, I thought all three of them done a really good job and they've all had their their sort of challenges to seek over the last few weeks and months as well. You know, Toby and Kami Devlin are maybe not first-choice picks just now. They're maybe not overly fancied. Uh, particularly within the the current system, and Tagawa's obviously struggled to to sort of adapt to, to life over here as well. So uh, they were the three performances that that really pleased me the most because I think you know when 
when it's a bit of a, a backs to the wall sort of performance like Saturday was to a certain degree, I think it's really heartening to see that you know players are coming off the bench and really contributing. And I think we saw enough with Tagawa. I suggest that I think you know he would be worthy of a, a start on Wednesday as well. That'd be interesting. We will get to that shortly. Um, in terms of moments to cover, obviously we mentioned the goal, which was quite fortuitous in the end. How it got past um, the goalkeeper, mainly down to him himself. The other incident I want to quickly mention was with five minutes to go in the first half, Alex Cochran played the ball through, Yutaro Oda runs onto it, it's Will Dennis at the centre again, the keeper runs out, absolutely scythes down the Japanese, and the whistle goes. Now, the offside flag is also up by this point, it looked like Oda was offside, the VA, um, the replay confirmed that. Now, this one all got a little bit messy, didn't it, Mark? And I know we had a little um, WhatsApp back and forward on this. Um, talk us through this one because the the Kabarnik fans were were fuming down below us. There was even a yellow card issued. But when you break it down, they were probably quite fortunate that that was the only punishment. I think so. To, to give you a simple analogy, if the ball's gone out for a corner and the corner hasn't been taken yet, and somebody headbutts somebody else, they're sent off for violent conduct. It doesn't matter that the ball's in play or not in play. It's violent conduct. Serious foul play, so it's a red card. It's no different in this instance. Where it becomes different is if it's denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. So, for example, if Oda's going through the middle, goes around the goalkeeper who then brings him down, not in a violent way, that cannot be a red card because he's offside. With this one, it's a yellow or a red based on how bad the challenge was. Now, the referee has given a yellow initially, and I think there's two VAR checks. One, to check if it was offside, because then if it's not, the denial of a goal-scoring opportunity then comes into play as well, because there was hardly anybody near either of them. And two, it's the severity of the challenge. Now, the referee's seen it, and he's given a yellow, which he was correct to give a card, where I don't think he's correct, going by law 12, I don't think that was a yellow. I thought that was a red. Careless is a foul and no further action. Reckless is a yellow. Using excessive force slash serious foul play is a red. And you can slow it down all you want. Just in, in real time, it's a bad tackle. The question has to be, would that have been a different outcome had it been an outfield player? It should not matter. It's a goalkeeper no. or an outfield player. But because it wasn't denial of a goal-scoring opportunity, the one thing I would say in, from Derek McInnes's, um perspective is something like this was always going to happen. And I'm glad it was something like this and not someone breaking their leg when the flag stays down, when it's clearly yeah. offside and it will go up. Um, his point is, put the flag up. If it's that clear, put the flag up and blow the whistle. But they're scared to do that because once the whistle goes... The play is dead. So, yeah, I, th I thought it should have been a red, but everything else apart from that, that is the explanation as to what happened. The, the, VAR, <clears throat> the VAR announcements, now I don't know if it was down on the announcer or... It's a lot of them, is there not? Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. I said it in commentary. I don't know if something's been fed back because I know we've had some gripes before about the stadium not knowing what's going on. So, you know, you've got a prolonged break in play and no one knows what's happening. And that is frustrating. And, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people have said in modern football now, you actually don't know what's happening when you're at games. You need to be watching on the TV. <clears throat> but I listened back because 
in the when I've got the headset on, sometimes I can't really hear exactly what the stadium announcer says, but he does say checking for red card. Um check complete, no red card for serious foul play. And then a moment later he goes, um, VAR check, serious foul play, red card. He does say the same check twice because I was like, did he say offside? And I just missed it. But he doesn't. He says it's a check for a red card twice, not like yellow, not like the offside side. But whether he's been fed back the wrong thing or whether he's misunderstood something, I don't know. But there was definitely a lot of them. Like there was. Now, I think most of us understand that VAR is always watching. So just because there's not an official check, you know, we don't normally need to hear it all the time, you know, so they're always watching things. I think you want to hear it when there's a break in play and it's been a prolonged break in play and we know that they're looking at something. So I always understand it is when they announce they're reviewing something, it's something they're looking at like more than once and it's like a potential on-field decision might get given to the referee. But yeah, they seem to be doing it for everything. There was like any anything that VAR had a wee look at, they were given an announcement, which I thought did seem to confuse matters a little bit. But I'd it was one of those... against the, the whole clear and obvious aspect of using VAR as well, doesn't it? Because it's... I think this is something that's getting lost a little bit just now when it comes oh, to yeah. the argument for or against VAR. Initially, when it was brought in, it was to help with clear and obvious errors. <laughs> I think the issue is it's being micromanaged to such a degree that some referees are now uh, not taking accountability for their own performance and they're actually almost sort of waiting on what VAR's going to decide. And I think that yellow card on Saturday is a good example of that where a referee goes you know what, I'll just give him a yellow and if Far says red, I'll go with red. Whereas he should be going with his gut. He's got a good view of that. It, it, it's, it's a red card all day long. So that's this is probably the most frustrating aspect of VAR just now for me is that, how it's being implemented in that way, where it's being sort of micromanaged, but also uh, you, they've forgotten the, the main the main reason for it being uh, implemented in the first place, which was to, to deal with clear and obvious mistakes, yeah. things that should only take maybe two or three seconds to look at. Unfortunately, a lot of the decisions that are being brought back on, it's they're looking at it in, in still images, and that's where I start to have a bit of an issue with it. This is where yeah. you're seeing managers getting quite frustrated because players are getting maybe sent off for challenges, which... Yeah, a lot of challenges could look bad in a still image, but you know, was there that malice and intent there? Was it reckless? So that's I think these are the things they need to try and iron out to, to hopefully try and improve it over the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I think I mentioned in commentary that I was listening to the Totally Football Show, one of their recent podcasts, and it was mentioned on there that I think it was seven or eight years ago when FIFA were looking at this, the early stages, or sorry, it was maybe IFAB that actually said this, but when we were looking at early on, it was it, it was stated that this will be used for, um, you know, clear and obvious big errors, and it will likely be used once every four or five games. <laughs> yeah. Not how it ended up, is it? But the big thing <laughs> from the weekend is Hearts ended up on the winning side, a 1-0 victory that sent them into third place ahead of a big game against Rangers, which we'll get to next. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So, to round up 
this week's episode, we are going to talk briefly about Hearts' next game, which is against Rangers on Wednesday night at Tynecastle Park. A Rangers side unbeaten in 11, and a Rangers side that Hearts haven't beaten in 11 attempts since February 2019. Indeed, the last league win against them was, was a month prior to that, and Stephen Naismith scored, as did Liam Boyce. Um, but Hearts going to this having won four in a row in the league the first time since September 2018 with a bit of confidence and a bit of a, a run of form that hopefully will give them a bit of hope that they can end that run against Rangers in this one. Mark, what are you expecting from this one? Do you start Toby Simic in the right wing back role? Who do you start in attack if Liam Boyce cannot make it? He obviously went off injured. And how do Hearts get the better of Philippe Clement's side? I don't think Hearts lose this game. I am not impressed by Rangers. Um, he's, he's tried Todd Cantwell on the right-hand side, and he was frustrated him, at him for giving the ball away um, against the Cypriots, and then subsequently took him off, and then said afterwards he wasn't happy with his positioning, and he didn't do what he's meant to do. They're all over the place. They're, they're a bit of a gang. The problem is we have a mental block when facing Rangers. But I think it's I think it's different now. And I think the team will be as follows. I think Xander Clark will be in goal. I think Toby Civic will be a right back slash right wing back with Kingsley, Kent and Rolls. And then Cochrane as a left back slash left wing back. I think the three in the middle of the park will probably be Beningamy, Neuenhoff, and Grant. And I'm going to go for Tagawa to play alongside Lawrence Shankland. Um, I'm led to believe that Boyce and Devlin will probably not be involved, certainly from the start. They're both facing a race against time. My other prediction is that you may see a familiar face on the bench this Wednesday. Oh. There is a chance. It has not been decided yet, but there is a chance that Craig Gordon will be the substitute goalkeeper as he continues his comeback. If it's not against Rangers, then it might be against Aberdeen or Celtic. But the hope is that Craig Gordon will be back in the Hearts squad. Now, we're recording this on Monday. It's 4.30 my time, 9.30 your time. Stephen Naismith will meet the press tomorrow. So I don't know when this will eventually get published. Stephen Naismith might be able to confirm um, tomorrow. I would certainly hope he would. But my understanding is it's seriously being considered that Craig Gordon returns to the match day squad this Wednesday. Interesting. Right. Let's talk predictions. Scott, what will the scoreline be in this game? And if Hearts have a goal scorer, can you name them or one of them if we're being optimistic? I'm going to go with a 2-1 Hearts win. Okay. And I am going to go with a Frankie Kent goal. Oh my god. Oh I am right. So And so, my exclusive is that <laughs> I will be attending on Wednesday. I'm sorry, I just feel like I've never got any exclusives to offer or any <laughs> any so, juicy gossip, but I can I can definitely say that I'll be there on Wednesday. So well, 
my exclusive is you were going to um, go the same, weren't you? I was going to. So, because last time, you know, I said Hearts would lose to Kilmarnock, and I was like being all pessimistic. So I was like, you know, this week I'm going to go back to being like blind optimism, not blind, but I'm going to be optimistic, and I was going to give a reason of like when did we last beat Rangers in the league? We beat them two one. Stephen Nason scored in that game. He's a manager now. I was trying to think of some link I could put in here. I, I was going to say Liam Boyce will score, but now I don't think he'll play. So I was like, you know what I'm going to say? Ryan Kent scored for Rangers that game. So this time I'm going to go with Frankie Kent scoring for Hearts. <laughs> I was genuinely going to say 2-1 Hearts and Frankie, Frankie Kent yeah. to score. because I was well, trying could, to think... but Who's going to get the other one then? You can still have I, that, but just... Well, well no, because I have to pick then. two. I'm just going to go there. No, I'm going to... I was genuinely going to say it. I'm going to go the same. The same Scott, I'm going to two one hearts and go Frankie Kent to score because I was I was genuinely I, I had one lined up. Normally I just throw one out there when you get to me. So, um, so there you go. I'm going to go the exact same. I'm going to two one hearts wow. and go Frankie Kent to to score a goal and Hearts will end there. Long wait for a, a win against Rangers. What about you, Mark? As I said, I don't think we'll lose. I, I'm 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 going to be cautious. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a one one draw with Lawrence Shankland, but. This is as optimistic as I've gone into it. Just a mental block. Let's forget about that. Let's 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 not worry about. Oh, it's Rangers. They're not great right now. They are not great right now. You saw them if you watched them on Thursday. I mean, that's a separate side playing in Europe for the first time, and Rangers were shite in both games, home and away. Don't kind of sit off them because oh, it's Rangers. Look, Lammers wouldn't get a game for Hearts right now, and if he scores the winner, fine. I'm not into that tempting fate pish. Right, you you listen to I've listened to a couple of I think it was a Scottish football podcast on the BBC and they had a Rangers fan on. He was talking about Lammers. He was talking about Sifuentes. He was talking about Dessers. They've they've wasted. They've spunked loads of and that word is usually used for something like that. They've spunked loads of cash up against the wall with these signings. And I don't care about tempting fate. They are their their recruitment. I'm not saying it's been as it's been comparing it with Hearts. It's not been good for the money that they've spent. Let's get fired in about them. Let's have let's have some early challenges. Let's have some Craig Levine tactics for St Johnston in the first half against Celtic. Let them know we're there. Don't play from behind because too often at Tynecastle we have been beaten either before a ball is kicked or when they've scored the opening goal, and that's unacceptable. Let's get something from this game. One one, Shank. I like it. I like it. We're accentuating the positives and now we're going in with plenty of optimism. Maybe we'll be crashing back down to earth afterwards, but let's see what happens. Hearts will play Aberdeen after that game against Rangers as well, but you know, we don't like to focus too much on the next game, even though we've got two coming up, because um, our feelings about that game could be very different depending on what happens at Tyne Castle on Wednesday. So let's just hope it's two decent games and two decent results for Hearts. We'll be back next week to discuss them. Whatever happens, if you want to get in touch in the meantime, you can tweet at Around the Funnel or you can email us podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Got to accentuate the positive feeling Mind it to negative Latch on to the affirmative Don't mess with Mr. In-Between You got to spread joy Up to the maximum Bring gloom down to the minimum Have faith 
or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. To illustrate his last remark, Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark. What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, like John. To the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. No, do not mess with Mr. In-Between. Do you hear them? 